So welcome everyone today to Psalms Through the Eyes of the Living Letters. And today, uh, again, we, as you guys well know, we've been in Psalm 119, and we're actually to the place of verses uh, 96 through 107. I believe that's right, or 97 through 106, something along that lines. And anyway, it's the section that speaks about the living letter Mem. And uh, Mem, of course, those of you that that do know about the living letters, one of the most literal translations of the living letter Mem is water. And uh, but it's it's more than that. It it I, I love the picture of water because when we speak about water, we think about the vastness, like of the ocean and that sort of thing. But the beauty of of Hebrew and the beauty of the fact that the living letters and the Hebrew words, for that matter, because if the letters are made of pictures, then the the words themselves are also made up of pictures or concepts that allow us to go far beyond just a simple definition of something. And I love that because to me, that opens up the door for being able to find the depths, unintended, the depths of the water, the depths of the word. You see, many times in scripture, when we look at the the the, the definition of water, or we look at the, it's not necessarily the definition, but we look at the, the uh, tra- uh, translation being water in scripture, it's usually referring to the word. And the word of uh, the word of God. So you know that that we were washed by the washing of the water of the word, and so it speaks of that place of cleansing, and that's the beauty of it because we can go into the even to the details of the way that that the water is made up, H two O two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen, and we can begin to see an even greater depth of an understanding of what water is talking about. You see what I'm saying? It's it's a it's a beautiful expression. When it comes to this, and of course we've we, you know we've got this this issue going on right at the moment, where we've got this hurricane that is barreling down on on Florida, and uh, for those of for those who have who live in the Gulf Coast of the United States, you know what I'm talking about because this is something that we deal with on quite a regular basis uh, with with hurricanes and tropical storms coming coming through our area. Uh, I'm very thankful that this year there's this is the only storm that has has come into the Gulf Coast area, but there have been many that have been affecting the East Coast this year. Uh, one of them that affected even up into uh, Nova Scotia in an area where where uh, Marsha was mentioning it earlier, and in an area where they're they they don't normally get these type of of storms. There was a uh, remnants where it was it was coming in as a Category One hurricane which is very, very, very unusual in, in those parts of, of, of the United States itself specifically. But when it comes to this, I do want to take some time to pray for what is going on here in this place, because, you know, of course, we think about having lived through several of the hurricanes myself, then I think about the the place of damage and devastation and 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 damage to not only property but people and and that sort of thing, and and uh, I want we want to pray in perspective to just that you know Father we thank you let's go ahead and pray real quick and if you, if you want to pray in the spirit please do uh, but I'm going to say this prayer and then we're going to move on into the today's teaching but Father I thank you for the place where you have given us protection in you. 
And so, Father, I speak protection over those that are in the path of, of the storm that is coming through, Father. I thank you that, that, that uh, they are covered underneath the wings of your of your the shadow of your wings and father there's total protection in and with and for them in this area father i that pura bakia tarama shandaraba sandaraba bakia we speak to the devastation and cause it to be minimal pura basandaraba bakia tarama sandaraba bakia but father as the storm is meant to do something that you have meant for it to do, let it accomplish that goal, but not to the place of hurting or harming anyone. Father, and protection of lands and that's and that sort of thing. So, Father, we thank you that your covering covers us and covers all of those that are in those areas. In the name of Yeshua. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for your covering. Thank you that, Father, we are under the shadow of the Almighty in these things. In the name of Yeshua, in the name of Yeshua. This this past week, these these past several weeks has been a little bit uh, has been a little bit uh, crazy. Uh, I mentioned it a little bit last week, and 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 funny enough, during our School of the Living Letters this this past Monday, um, I kind of opened up to my class a little bit more than I normally do uh, with regards to to some thing to to some things that have been going on because I've I've been sensing this place in the spirit in my spirit, man. Where where things have just been a little bit difficult, not in the sense where there, there there's any troubles or you know issues or I, I I don't really know how to explain it except for the fact that I woke up one morning and began to sense this uh, this place of longing, but at the same time this place of of things just not seeming right if that makes sense. And of course, I've got I've got three questions that uh, that I usually go through when I when I sense those things. The first thing, the first question I ask is, Father, did I do anything? You know, I want to make sure that this is right first before I go anywhere else. And so, and many times, if 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 there's something that I need to address in the midst of a situation, the Lord will say, Yes, there's this is something that you need to address. Take a look at this. This is part of the reason why you're feeling this way, and these emotions have come up. Because I've learned a long time ago not to kill my emotions. I used to think to be a good son and to be a good Christian, I needed to kill my emotions. Well, that almost killed me because it's it's a very expression of the father that brings about an understanding of some of the things that we're that we're walking through. And the Lord will many times give us these these places and these times of of if you will, difficulties or times where we're we're sensing something in our spirit, man, but we can't really tell what it is. For a long time, I immediately would think that that was sin. And in some cases, that's indeed what it was years ago, but not so much anymore. It's been more of a place where the Father has walked me through because I've learned how to walk away from those things and the things that bothered me 
and that I did that were wrong before, I don't do any longer. So they're not things that that, that bother me any, any longer. If that if that makes sense, you know what I'm saying? You know, I'm not, you know, many people say, don't say that you're without sin. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that I'm that that we can walk in a place where I know, I know that we can walk in a place where our heart is so connected with our father that the moment that a thought even comes up of doing something that would be against his word, our spirit man just goes, and we know it from that moment. The only problem is, is that, that sometimes, sometimes we choose to go past that initial, if you will, and, and go ahead and do it anyway. And then we, we, we deal with the results afterwards, but that's not what I'm talking about here. This has been one of those times where it just, it was, it was unknown. And I, and I, I asked the Lord, is this, was this something that I had done? And I, I heard nothing from him, which means the answer is no. And so the second question I ask is this, Father, did you place this on me? Did you, did you place this feeling inside of me uh, for someone else? Is this a place where I need to intercede, you know, for someone else? And many times he will, he will come to me and say, yes, this is a situation and what you're feeling is a part of that situation. Pray for that person. Now, many times he doesn't tell me what's going on. He doesn't, he doesn't give me details or anything like that. And, and to be honest with you, I don't ask for him either. The, the emotion is enough to begin to pray that Holy Spirit will be able to do the things that, that he needs to do in that situation. So I'm my my spirit man is 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 praying and groaning in words that I can't express even myself, which is part of what we, we talk about when we talk about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, is that place of our spirit man groaning with utterances that 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 we don't necessarily know. So many times, now sometimes he gives me details, but not very often. Usually it's just a sense or a feeling, but I begin to pray for that person. But if I don't get an answer from the second one, then there's a third question that's not really a question. It's more of a statement because I know if the first two answers were no, that this is what the Lord is calling me to do. And the third question is this, Father, did you give me this emotion because you're calling me to minister to you, to spend time with you? Now, I know sometimes it's difficult um, for many to say that we could, could we ascribe a, a difficult feeling inside of our spirit man to the Father? I think so. There are times when he weeps. There are times when he cries. There are times when when his focus is towards his people and he's watching them. He's given them the teaching and they and they know the word, but yet they choose to walk past it. And there's a there's a grieving inside of his heart. And we we have an opportunity to share in some of that grieving. And in doing so, it's 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 like it's like connecting in. I, I, I don't get me wrong, I I I know this. It's connecting in with with the Father. It's connecting in with Holy Spirit. It's becoming one with them and and sensing the same things that 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 the that the Father and Holy Spirit are sensing, and then beginning to pray as a whole as to that those things that are going on. But this time has been a little bit different for me. I I sense this this almost almost like a longing that that had been going on inside of my spirit, man. And 
It's been going on for several, several weeks now. Well, this past week, I've, I've, I got to the point where I was like, Lord, this is lasting a lot longer than I expected. These happen, these times happen from time to time. And, and, uh, and as I press into him, then I usually, then, and, and I minister to him, then I, I move past that and he takes me into a new place. But this one's gone on a little bit longer than some of the others have. And it was, it was beginning to bother me a little bit more because I was like, okay, Father, is there something I need to, did I miss something on the first two questions? Do I need to go back to those questions and look at them again? Is there something that I did? Or is there somebody that you're, you're wanting me to pray for and those sort of things? But once again, I heard a no. And then this past, uh, this past Monday, as I was sitting out on my front porch and I was meditating, I heard the Lord speak to me something that, that I was like, well, as a guy, I'm just, just being, I'm just being me. Okay. As a guy, when we, when you start thinking about the song of Solomon or the song of songs, you know, it's, it's almost a love story and it's a, it's a beautiful love story, but it's, it's very intimate when it expresses itself, particularly as it's, it, it, it depicts this place between um, a man and a wife or a, a, you know, husband and a wife, but in the same breath, Remember that scripture, I've told you guys, just that's the reason I opened up with this. Well, the, the scripture itself is, is many times not meant to be just interpreted with one interpretation. If Hebrew is a picture, Hebrew letters are a picture, and Hebrew words are pictures, then this goes far beyond. And one of the things that, that I, I, I try to teach a lot and, and, and speak about a lot is this place of, of looking beyond, seeing beyond. Don't just take face value for what the scripture is talking about. Dig into it. Look into it. Meditate on it. Spend time thinking about it. What does water mean? Is there some different things that we could think about water that we've never thought of before that begins to open up a whole nother level of 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 a revelation with regards to, to this. And this is what I heard the Lord say. And I'll have to check that one out because Jeanette, that's not the, the verse I was going to, but uh, I'll, I'll check that one out here in just a moment because it very well may be um, an additional one that goes along with this. But this is where the Lord took me on Monday. He says this, by night on my bed, I sought who I sought him whom my soul loveth. Now, just to kind of give you a little bit of a drop, I know we're, we're I know we're talking about Psalm 118, and I'll, I'm going to get into that in just a minute. But I've, I I really feel the Lord expressing this place because when we talk about Mem, we not only talk about the depth of His Word, we talk about the depth of His love. We talk about the depth of I mean, think about this being so wrapped up into the deepest part of His love and knowing that we're totally covered by Ahava, and and it's oh. Anyway, and, and I love this because when we David talks about this place of the night season, and the night season is the place of our dreams. You see, I believe, I personally believe that when we go to sleep at night, we really transcend into the heavenly realms. And in this place of transcending into the heavenly realms, then, then we continue to learn of the Father even in our night 
seasons. I know you say you may say, well, wait a minute. I, sometimes I have some some uh, some pretty scary nightmares, you know, and I have some difficulty in dreams. But hold on a minute. Maybe there's more than one way to look at even the difficult dreams or the nightmarish dreams. Maybe there's another way of seeing something that will open up a, a deeper revelation as to what's going on. And David would cry out for that. He would say, let me continue to learn of you even during my night season. So think about that as we go into what I'm saying here. By night on my bed, I sought him whom my soul loves. I sought him, but I found him not. I will rise now and go about the city in the streets, and in the broad ways I will seek him whom my soul loves. I sought him, but I found him not. You see, to be honest with you, this is kind of what I was going through. I was looking at different perspectives and 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 asking the Lord if there were things that I needed to to deal with, and I would search, but I found him not. The watchmen that go about the city found me, to whom I said, "Have you seen whom my soul loves?" It was but a little that I passed from them, but I found him whom my soul loves. I held him and I would not let him go. Now it goes on from there. I'm kind of, I'm stopping in the mid, in mid, in mid sentence there, but I, I, I just, I, I feel Holy Spirit saying, stop right there. I found him and I said, I will not let you go. You see, there's a beautiful place where father takes us in, in, and, and it's, it's almost as if it's not like he, it's almost as if he hides himself, but he doesn't hide himself. He's there, but yet he's not. And, and it, and I began to see this place in my heart where I was like, you know what, Lord, all this time I was looking at it at, at, at being a difficult situation, or I was looking at it being a problem or looking, you know, and I, and I've, 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 the father's taught me before to not look at problems as being problems, but look at them as being treasure hunts. And I did, I, I chose to look at it as being a treasure hunt, but in this case, it felt like a deep expression of this place of, of longing for the father. And it's begun to help me make a whole lot more sense about all of this. Because as we get into this, this, this scripture today, I think this story that has led into this today will really help you in understanding the, the place of where Father is taking us. And if you're going through times where there seems to be a difficulty and you can't necessarily put your hands or your fingers on it and say, okay, this is what it is that's causing the problem. And in some cases, some of some of you may find that, and you may find where it needs to be addressed and deal with that. Go to the Lord, go deal with those situations. But if you can't, and you're sensing this longing inside of you, that is because the Father is carrying you into a new place. He's carrying you into a new dimension and a new level in Him. There's nothing wrong with those things. Matter of fact, I was thinking this morning as I was out meditating, you know, that, that, that absence makes the heart grow fonder. And, and I know that the Lord's never absent from us. Don't get me wrong. That's not what it was speaking of, but, but it was that absence of that, that deepness that was, that was, that's been bothering me a little bit. But in the same breath, that longing that began to be revealed inside of me started to make a lot. 
spiritual sense. When you really love someone, and even in the times where there's not that, that, that close, deep relationship, that longing brings you to that place of honoring that time even more, of loving that time of, of the intimacy even, even deeper. Does that make sense? And, and so the father never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's never, and he's not done that with me during this time either, but there's a deeper longing that's crying out. So you see, to me, as we begin Psalm 119, verse 97, it says this, Oh, how I love your Torah. Oh, how I love your teaching, Father. All day long, it is my conversation. All day long is that place where, where I know you're taking me because, because you know, when we, we look at the word Torah there, we've, we've talked about this before, but I'll, I'll repeat it again. It, remember, Torah means teaching. So what is he teaching us? How is he teaching us? The, the, the scripture, of course, here, that when it, that since it references Torah, it's talking about the word, but it's more than just the word. It's also that 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 one-on-one with him. You know, you many of you have heard these questions before, and I'm gonna repeat them yet again here in, in, in this place where where uh that did the did the has the father stopped speaking? Well, no, he's still speaking. Does he only speak through his word? He speaks a lot through his word, but he also speaks to me on that one-on-one. There are conversations that him and I have where he is speaking his his word to me. And some of that stuff's not necessarily found in scripture, but it's something that he has spoken to me, something that helps me, something that, that allows me to see a deeper part of who I am in him and who he is in me. So, oh, how I love your Torah. Oh, how I love your teaching all day long. It is my discussion. It's my conversation. You know, I find myself that 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 in in just that place, you know, the if you want to engage in a conversation with me, probably the best conversation that 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 I have is that time when we can sit down and talk about the word. And even if we're, even if we're talking about other parts of conversation, I'm probably going to end up bringing the word into it because it's just something that's that's on the forefront. When, he, when, when Father took me into the secret place and told me that I never had to leave that place, I realized that I could be in the midst of other things, doing other things, in the midst of other conversations, and still be thinking of his word, still be thinking about the things that he's taught me. Because funny enough, why do you think he's walking us through the word that he's walking us through right now? That's because there's something in our life at this moment that these words are speaking, his words are speaking to us. And teaching us and allowing us to see. Now, again, today I'm going to be reading more out of the uh, the book rather than out of the uh, the the uh, the application. And it does read a little bit differently. But I've spent this last week reading it out of this book, and uh, um, I've, there are some key things that I don't want to forget as as we walk through this. And I like the way that this this book says it as well. All day long, it is my discussion. More than my enemies, I am made wiser by your commandments, because ever it is with me. Now, I love this because this Hebrew word for for more than my enemies here is going to sound a little bit familiar because it's it's a term that you've heard a lot, especially spoken a lot by Jewish people. But it's me'oive. Now, 
I, I know that, that that many of you probably have heard Jewish people say, oy vey, you know, when they're in a situation. It's and it's usually talking about a situation where it's difficult or or there's there may be grief that's attached to that, or it's a it's a tough situation. And it's funny that 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 uh that this particular word is also translated as enemies, but we could also change those words to grief or despair or difficulties. More than my difficulties, I am made wiser by your commandments. I am made wiser by your mitzvot, by the things that you've you've told me to do. I've I mentioned this in class on, on Monday night when we were talking about the word of the Lord. You know, when when we when we see uh the word of the Lord here, especially as we're dealing with the place of of, of of the mitzvot, it's it's a place where the the commands are the loving instruction of the Father. How do I choose to see these commandments? Are they something that I'm told that I have to do? Because that's that's exactly what the the description. I have to do this and not do. Well, that's that's religion. What if I change my perspective? Just like when my just like when I was a kid. And I was growing up with my parents, and my parents say, well, I, you're, you're not going to do that. That was a command from my parent, right? And I had the choice then from doing it. Of course, if I did do it after they had told me not to, I was pretty much going to get ready for a pop-pop on the backside or a restriction. One of the two, when I, as, I was growing, as I was growing older, I was going to be punished for that, that particular thing. But what was the the idea behind all that? Why were my parents doing that? From the perspective of a child, it was it was like, well, you're just you're just doing that because you're mean. But as adults, and those of us that are parents, know, and even those of us that aren't parents, we know because we've seen it through others uh, that 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 we know that it's the love of the parent that is trying to teach and instruct the child to do something. And so even from a Hebraic perspective, when we talk about commandments, they're the loving instruction of the father. And so more than my grief, more than my difficulties, more than my enemies, I am made wiser. I am made wiser. Why? Because you've given me a, 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 you've given me a test. All right. I know some of you say, don't say that I am tested or tempted by the Lord. This is this. I'm speaking metaphorically here. Okay. When I speak about this test, the father says in his scripture, I have said before you blessings and cursings, life and death. Therefore choose life. So he gives us two choices, blessings and curses, life and death. And then he gives us the answers to the test, choose life <laughs> and choose blessings. And so I, I don't know that I'd really call that a test when you get a, when you get a, you get a choice, and then the answer that that the father, out of his loving and out of the love that he's expressing to you, says, "Here's the answer. Follow that one, okay?" And in that place, then 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 oh, bora bakiyatara, then you're coming. How do I express that, Lord? Uh, in that choice, then then we we're we're blessed by the Father. We, we, we are, if, you know, the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm kind of struggling on these word, this word right now is because 
One of the things the Father has been messing with me about here lately has to do with the place of, of Father, I don't want to be just following your word because I know that you're going to bless me. Father, I love you. I love your teachings. I love your word. They have done so much in me. And I want to do these things, not because I'm expecting anything in return, but plain and simply because I love you. And so I'm being very careful with my words here in in the sense where, yes, blessing comes along with it. Yes, prosperity comes along with it. Yeah, but that's not the motivating force behind the expression of this. The motivating force behind the expression of this is love and my love for him, my longing for him, the very thing that I was talking about in the very beginning here. And in those in those in those places where you've you've shown me your word, and you've shown me your command, you've shown me your mitzvot, the place where I can walk in righteousness, I'm made wiser because I see not the fact that I'm having to follow this by a religious sense. I see this place of me returning my love back to you. Why? Because your commands. Your teachings, your word, it is ever with me. It is always with me. If you can go there, you know, John chapter one talks about in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And and we ascribe that to the description of Yeshua. And it is absolutely right. That is a description of Yeshua. But it is also a description of you. You are the word of the Lord made flesh. I was trying to think of this the other day, and Holy Spirit's dropping this into my spirit. I was thinking about this as a way of being able to give an analogy of of just how important each and every one of us are. And what I saw was this huge fear. It was like it was a diamond. But instead of being shaped like a typical diamond, it was shaped like a, like a, like a sphere. And at the center of this, this diamond, this diamond sphere, there was the light of, of Yahweh. And, and, I, and I, talk, I talk about this with the diamond of Yahweh, but usually I show the shape of a typical cut diamond, a typical round cut diamond. But I was seeing it differently this time. Instead of it being a typical round cut diamond, I was seeing it as a, as a whole sphere. And each one of the facets of this spherical diamond was penetrating the light of the Father through each and every one. So every facet contained a slightly different aspect of the Father. If you can go there with me, each and every one of us are the facets of that diamond. And the expression of the Father through your facet, is the unique expression of the him and you and the you in him. So in the place of honor, as I honor the facet of the diamond of Yahweh that is you, 
then I I am able to honor that unique place of what God has given you. And the light of the Father that is shining through you is what is needed for all of us to to join together as Echad and be the light into this world. How can I diminish one above the other in this diamond of Yahweh? I like the spherical diamond in this sense, because if you really go to, if you really think about it from that perspective, there is no one facet that is any closer to the center, no one facet that is any further away. Each one of those facets are equal distance to the center, and each one of them are the full expression of the Father of who he has made you to be. Do you get? Are you getting this picture of what I'm talking about? So your word is ever with me. Your word is ever with me in the word that you give me, but your word is ever with me in the word that he gives you. I need to hear the word that the Father has given you as he allows you to share that word, because in that I begin to grow. And in that where where I begin to speak to you, you begin to grow. It's This is just a variation of the diamond of Yahweh that I've talked about before. But it, it to me, it just really is, 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 is screaming this place of, 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 of where we are right now in shining the pure light and, and the treasure that is each one of us. From all my teachers, I grew wise, for your testimonies are a discussion for me. From all my teachers, I grew wise. Now, I love this because in this place where it talks about from all my teachers, I want to read in uh, in the in the book here there's a there's a a uh, certain not translation but a uh, I can't think of the word right now anyway a discussion by one of the rabbi sages and it says this from all my teachers I grew wise wisdom is attained by being receptive listen especially with what I've just talked about with this spherical diamond of Yahweh wisdom is attained by being receptive to what Every person, great or small, has to teach. Such receptivity exists only in a person who embodies the statement, for your testimonies are a discussion for me, who honestly seeks Torah knowledge, who honestly seeks the the knowledge of the teaching for its own sake, and therefore does not consider it beneath his dignity to learn from those considered inferior to himself. Now, this has been a cornerstone of, of the teachings that we have had from the from the very beginning, is that each one of us has the expression. But as, as the father walked me through that, I was like, I didn't realize that this was something that, that the sages have talked about before. But near here, now I have proof of exactly what I've been talking about from the very beginning. And it's saying right here, each one of us, great or small, have a have a place of the word of Yahweh and a treasure that needs to be shared with the rest. I love that because in Jeremiah 31, where it talks about the, the, the place where he's written a new covenant and that he will write his law on our hearts and, and on our inward parts. And no, there from that point, no one will teach his brother saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least to the greatest. Here's yet another scripture. And that was really the place where the father began to speak to me about this was out of that right there from the least to the greatest that each one of us have a part to play in, in this. So from all my teachers, I bet I was meditating on this and, and I, 
And I remember, I remembered a story. I remember one day um, I was leaving from work and uh, father had really blessed us in this, in the work, in the work with, with, uh, cause the, my, my boss had actually just bought me a company car, but financially that, that helped a lot. Cause he gave me a company card and a company, um, a gas card. But uh, and that and that helped greatly in the sense where I didn't have to worry about uh, getting back and forth to work anymore. But we were still dealing with a lot of financial difficulties. And so I remember pulling off the interstate and I was getting ready to go. I don't remember why I was pulling off the state. I really don't. But at the very top of the interstate where where the where I I could go and either turn right or turn left onto the road off from the interstate. Uh, there was a gentleman sitting there who was begging. And I heard the word of the Lord to give that man everything that I had. Well, I had nothing in my pocket. Um, we had another week, week and a half before we actually got paid. And and uh, uh, we we were running out of food. And our daughter was like one, maybe two years old. She was still very, very little. And so we, you know, as you guys well know, those of that have had kids, you know, the expenses of, of formula or actually, fortunately, we, we formula was not a, a big deal, especially when she was younger, but um, still there were, were all the things that, that were needed for a, for a baby diapers and so on. And uh, I remember coming up to the top and, and I heard the Lord say, give this man everything you got. Well, I looked in my, my ashtray because of course didn't smoke so I, we always kept our change in the ashtray. And I looked in the ashtray and sure enough, I had 18 cents in the ashtray. And so I pulled up and I grabbed that 18 It was everything I had. And we came up and I handed the guy the 18 cents. He looks at it, looks at me, balls his hand up and throws it back at me. And I was... <laughs> I was, I was flabbergasted and, and devastated about that. I was like, why did you do that? That was, do you realize how much that really cost me? Do you realize that that, that was the, everything I had? You know, I even started thinking about the widow's might when she had given into the offering and Yeshua was right there saying, you know, she has given more than all of you because she gave everything. And that's exactly what I had done with this with this, this gentleman was I had given him everything I had because I was giving it as unto the Lord. And, but it, it offended me. It bothered me and it messed with me for quite some time, but I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for the situation because the more I've gone back and thought about it, the more I've learned from that situation. Because I, as, as what, what, what began to calm my spirit down after, after the initial offense of that, was beginning to realize, now, wait a minute, Daniel, you did exactly what the Lord asked you to do. His response was not your responsibility at all. If he told, if you, if the Lord told you to go do that, and I know he did, then, then, then you did exactly what you were meant to do. And it began to teach me, it began to teach me about the place of just because I get a negative response to something that I know that the word of the Lord is, doesn't mean that it's wrong. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't do what the father intended for it to do. Are you following me? It doesn't mean that. It means that you were, you did what the father had asked you to do and allow him the opportunity to bless 
those that, that that were that were meant to be blessed in that or you know them to make a choice or a decision themselves that will bring them to the place of the realization because i don't see the outcome of it doesn't mean that it was bad and it began to it, i began to think about it from the perspective of you know, uh, I've I've heard this before, and I've even said this before. Crying out to be able to walk down the middle of a of a of a hospital ward, and as I walk past, and my shadow falls upon the doors of the you know, just like what Peter did, and when he walked past the the man at the gate, the the as as the as walking down the halls of a hospital, and then people being healed as a result of me just walking past them. And and I've done that before. There have been times when I would go to be visiting someone, and in prayer, I'd be walking past them, thanking the Lord for healing those that were behind me, fully expecting to hear these shouts and hallelujahs and this as I walked past these rooms, you know, because people were getting up out of their beds and walking right at that moment. And it offended me <laughs> because I said, well, Lord, didn't you tell me to do? Doesn't your word even say to that that we can lay hands on the sick and and watch them? Occur? Doesn't your doesn't your word show that that just like the the shadow passing over someone can heal them? Because we see it in scripture as well. Then why can't that be true? Is it because of me? <laughs> you see, you see the internal struggle that starts happening. But it's a it's a it's a it's a it's an opportunity to learn. It's a teaching time because I realized. And because I heard the Lord tell me this one time, he, he says, why are you fretting about this? Why are you so concerned that just because you didn't see the immediate response doesn't mean that I did not heal those people? Because a matter of fact, it may be well after you leave that I heal those people. Who is it about? Who is all of this about? Is it about you and the fact that you walked down the hallways and the fact that it was your shadow that touched them? Or was it about me? You see what I'm saying? Now, and not the Lord was trying to say, was was trying to say, he was just trying to say, all I've all I've done is called you to do what I've asked you to do. It's not your responsibility to make sure these things happen. That's my responsibility. I'm the one who will do those. All I've done is asked you to do what I've asked you to do. And do what I've asked you to do because you love me, not because you have to, but because you love me. That became a teaching experience for me. That became a huge teaching experience because I began to learn the place of saying, okay, Father, I can rest. You know, there are many times when I, I come to teach, it's 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 uh, not so much in this class, but there are many times that I go to teach, especially in the in sometimes in the school, um, not all the time, but occasionally. I'll come in and I'll be sensing the Lord wanting to do something and I'll begin to teach, but I can't articulate well the fullness of what I'm sensing inside of my spirit, man. And so I do my best. And sometimes, sometimes I'm like, boy, I feel like I'm all over the place with this, but I'm trying to, to relate something that's in my spirit that I'm having great difficulty in really being able to, to articulate well in this place. And and of course I could leave the that thinking oh man well here I'm I'm a you know father's given us a ministry and we're teaching and all this and I feel like I I I I've, I've flabbergasted myself in the midst of that of that teaching and I, I didn't I didn't I didn't do what the Lord wanted me to do 
But the father has been has been telling me, even in the midst of those situations, you can hear me even even uh, uh, when I talk about it in the classroom. Doesn't happen a lot, but when it happens, that uh, I'll bring it up and I'll say, Father, I I trust you, even in this place of me me seeming to to be flabbergasted as I'm walking through this, or 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 having difficulty in being able to articulate it. I trust you. I trust you, and I know that Holy Spirit, you will go beyond and teach to each and every one the things that they that needs to be that needs to be taught in the midst of this. Because it's it's not even about my ability to be able to to perform at the at the peak of my ability every single time. No, Father, I'm I rest in you. I rest in the fullness of who you are, and I trust you, even if it seems to me like I'm I fumbled it up. It doesn't matter. Because you can take that. And as a matter of fact, I, it reminds me of that scripture. Um, my grace is sufficient for you. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast. Um, my, no, I forgot a part of that. My grace is for, sufficient for you. For power is perfected in weakness. Power, your power is perfected. In weakness, most gladly there were four. I would rather boast about my weaknesses that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Now, I've heard that I've heard that particular part being used in in talking about boast about sins. No, no, it doesn't say boast about sins. It talks about boasting about about weaknesses, and I really believe it's it's talking about saying, you know, hey, what, hey, listen, guys, I'm struggling a little bit here. I'm having, I'm having a little difficulty articulating this like I want to. So, Holy Spirit, I, I trust you that you will be able to fill in the details because I want your power here. It's it's your power that is the one that is doing things, not mine. And I can rest in the fact that that I just love you, Lord, and 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 I'm doing what you've asked me to do. Why? Because I love you. Anyway, let's move on. From all my teachers, I grew wise, for your testimonies are a discussion for me. From wise elders, I gain understanding, because your precepts I have guarded. Now, I love this, because from that that that, that part right there, where is the mezekanim, um, mezekanim, is uh, the Hebrew word for the, the wise elders. But that word is also translated as ancient ones, or it can be translated as ancient ones. So let's again reread that again. From ancient ones I gain understanding because your precepts I have guarded. You see, that's what the scripture is all about. That's what Torah is all about. That's the the reason in, in digging into the scripture. Why? Because it opens us up to allow us to see those that have gone before us, those of the great cloud of witnesses, those of the ancient, ancient, ancient fathers, the ancient mothers who have taught us and have shown the things that they walked through and how they walked through that, even when they messed up, even when there was difficulties, even when they 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 were lacking trust, they began to have a trust in the Lord that goes that went beyond their their ability. And 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 they were they the very heart, the very cry of their heart. I'm thinking of Abraham when he was crying out for his son Isaac. You know, who who for 25 years after the war, the word of the Lord had to wait before the before Isaac uh, was born. But he didn't give up. Abraham, who beyond hope, who beyond in the hope of his own physical body to be able to do anything in hope, believed. 
what the word of the Lord said to him, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Why? Because he believed. He knew that the word of the Lord was still yes and amen. Your precepts, your word, those things that you have told me that that allow me to understand how I should walk. That's what the word precepts talks about there. The way that I should walk, the way that I should walk morally, and the 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 things that I should look at, and the way the way that I should conduct my life. I have guarded those things. I have guarded those things so that they can be in in what you have spoken about in your words. And I've looked at the ancient ones, and I saw the things that they dealt with. And, and I've learned from them. From every path that is evil, I restrained my feet so that I may keep your word. From every uh, path that is evil, that word evil there is the Hebrew word raw, which is, is, is the resh ayin. And, and, and I love that because I'm going to get a little bit deep with you guys, but I, I want to open up a point that I opened up a little bit ago. And, and I want to, to bring about a, another perspective, especially as it deals with that particular word itself, the Hebrew word ra. Because any time that in, uh, again, whether, remember we talked about this, anytime you have a negative translated word in Hebrew, there we should never take and look at that word based on the face value alone. Just like any other letter, just like any other word, there is a place of looking beyond. So in other words, Reshayin speaks about the place where in my own mind and of the things that I know and I understand in my flesh, as I want to satisfy my flesh, then I'm going to do those things because they satisfy my flesh, but they're gonna, they're only gonna be things that are that are, are gonna last for just a short little bit. But if I look at those those same two letters and I choose to look beyond, remember the scripture says that anytime there's a temptation, there's always a way out. There's always a place where Father gives us a way of escape. Well, by looking at those same two letters, I can begin to see the way out of the, 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 the path of evil from those same two letters. Because just as the living letter Resh speaks of the mind of man, in the spiritual aspect, it speaks of putting on the mind of Christ and seeing, having a revelation through his eyes. So I'm not saying uh, this, this word definitely does mean evil here. But I can also see through the letters themselves a way of escape, putting on the mind of Christ and seeing through his eyes. Do you see what I'm talking about here? This is how this is how the word of God begins to say, again, he's given us not only he, he gave us a test, but then he gave us an answer at the same time. It's not really a test when he gives the answers along with the test, right? It's just a saying, hey. Dig a little deeper because you're going to find the answers right here hidden in plain sight. And it really messed with me because I was like, whoa, wait a minute. That kind of that kind of goes beyond the, the typical Christian way of seeing things. But it makes sense. Father, thank you that in the place where just as just as David's talking about, from every path that is evil, I restrained my feet. 
I chose not to go down that path. I chose to do something different. I chose to look at this a different way. I put on the mind of Christ and I saw through his eyes and I realized that's not the path I want to go down. I want to go down this path instead because I, I, I can sense the peace of my father. I can sense the shalom of my father that is leading me down this and allow me to, to walk away from the path. And that's what David's talking about here. So that I might keep your word. From your ordinance, I did not turn aside, for you have taught me how sweet to my palate is your word. How sweet to my palate. Now, we're right in the midst of the days of awe right now in the, in the Hebrew calendar. Um, Rosh Hashanah finishes, uh, finished yesterday, I believe, uh, 25th, 26th, 27th. I believe today's the 28th. Is it not? Yeah. Uh, but we're still in the days of awe leading up to Yom Kippur. Um, and one of the things that you do during Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah means literally the head of the new year. So this is the, the Jewish new year based on the lunar calendar of the Hebrew calendar itself. And, and, it, and, it, and it's speaking about that place of the beginning. It's the, it's the time of, you know, for, for, uh, for, the, for the Hebrew people, it was instituted by God that, that the beginning of the year, the head of the year, would be during the harvest of the year. And one of the things that we do is you take an apple and dip it into honey, and you eat that as an as a outward expression and, a, and even an inward expression. Because they think about it, when you eat something, you're taking that apple, you're dipping it into honey, and then you're tasting it. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And my wife bought the perfect apples. Uh, the other day, we 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 celebrated Rosh Hashanah with uh, our our year one class on on Monday, and and we dipped our our apples into honey, and she bought some good apples, and the honey we had was like, woo, it was really good. So when we dipped it, it was like this burst of just beautiful sweetness in my mouth, and I remembered this part that I had been studying, getting prepared for uh, for today. How sweet to my palate is your word more than honey, even more than that honey. And it was really good. It was really, really sweet and really good. More than honey to my mouth. From your precepts, I acquire understanding. Therefore, I hate every path of falsehood. I hate those places that I, I don't want to go down. I, I don't want to even, I don't even go near those places. Thank you, Father, that that in this place of the sweetness of your word, you begin to show us that 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 the sour taste of making the wrong path, because that's exactly what happens inside of our spirit man. Our spirit man begins to taste the sourness or the wrongness of of the of the wrong paths. But Father, we want to stick with with that place of the the the, the sweetness of not only your apples, but Father, your your honey and your word is like that apple and honey on my lips. And I taste it and I remember it and I think of it became it's funny because Monday night it really became a very spiritual experience because it was, I mean, it was like a it was like a punch of of this this beautiful sweetness that probably the sweetest thing I'd ever tasted before. And I had had honeys and 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 apple, apples and honey before. Uh, but I I just I sensed the Lord carrying that one step further and allowing me to taste in the physical that place of the sweetness of his word inside of me and that place of the satiating of the longing. You see, it was almost, it was almost as if Monday 
in that place of tasting of that apple and that honey and the sweetness there that I began to, to see ahead towards that, that, that fulfillment of the longing that was going on inside of my spirit man that I had talked about at the beginning of the class today. And I'm so thankful for that, Father. I'm so thankful that, that you are carrying us into the, this place where I, I, I can't even still really fully articulate. But it's, 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 uh, it's almost as if it's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a, it's a place of, of the secret place and the promised land that you have, you have, have spoken, yes, to us from, from the very beginning, the place of walking into that relationship with you. And yes, I can walk in the place of the, of the promised land right here and right now. I've asked this question and I, and I know, I know I'm getting a little deep here, but I've asked this question before, you know, when we talk about the, the new Jerusalem, Paul talked about how each one of us are lively stones and we're being built together into the, into a habitation of the Lord. And, and then it talks about how each brick play is is placed together that's building up the temple and and so in that case that each one of us are the temple of god because in and each one of those bricks were were lively stones that we're and we're temples because we we house the the lord inside of us and we're in him and he is in us in that place but each one of us are being built together into the the temple of the Lord, the full temple of the Lord. So, if you will, I, I I can't help but think about the place of the New Jerusalem. And I'm not I'm not trying to have you change your eschatological perspectives or anything. I'm just I'm just saying, use this as a place of saying, Father, well, what if if we are already lively stones being built together, are we not the New Jerusalem being built together? in you? And do I have to wait for a specific event to occur in order to be able to walk into that place of what you have given by by revelations there? Or is it a matter of me opening up my eyes and seeing what you have already done in each and every one of us? Is there a place right here and right now where I can walk into the pure, into your pure light every single day, where the sun never goes down in this place. Because whether I'm awake or whether I'm asleep, there is an expression of your word in, in that place. And your light is ever shining in that place. Can I not walk in that place right now? I'm not answering the question. I'm going to let Holy Spirit do that together with each and every one of us. But there's a part of me that says, yeah, that's what I want. That's what I want. That, that we can, I can live inside of that, of that holy temple right now in the place where your light never stops shining. In that place where I'm walking into the sweetness of who you are at every single moment. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for these questions. And even though we may not have the answers for them right now, there's something inside of my spirit, man, that says, yes, and that's all I need.
That's all I need. Because just like the, the just like in the Song of Solomon, I found you and I'm going to grab a hold of you and I am not letting go. Now, I don't normally do this in, in the classes, but this word today, I believe, is one of those where um, I hear Holy Spirit that, that, to asking me to, to, to do this. And I know many of you have been trading into us, and I'm so thankful of that. But this is a word that if you want to trade into today is a great word to trade into. So those of you that are watching on YouTube, you're going to find a link at the bottom of your, in the description right below the video. And if you'd like to trade into us uh, through this word, please do. And those of you that have already traded into us, we thank you for that. We, we're honored by that. And those of you that are here in the class today, I'll pop up a link here in just a moment if you want to trade into this word today. And I'm doing this out of obedience because those of you that have been here any length of time, you don't normally hear me, me asking or, or bringing this up. I only do that as a word of the Lord. Uh, so, but I thank you for you guys. I thank you that, that, that Father is beginning to reveal to us each and every one of us, the connection that we have in one another and how we move in, in him and through him. And that, Father, we can live in this place where we, just like the, the, the lover in, in Song of Songs, that, Father, once we find you, we're going to grab a hold and we're not going to let go. So blessings and shalom to those of you that are on the video. Please join us for the live, um, the live meeting because... Again, we have these opportunities where we we will engage after this is over with, and uh, we don't record the the engagement. Um, so we'd love for you to be here with us during uh, during that time as well. Blessings and shalom.